All right, friends, I want to paint a picture for you. I want you to think about something you love doing so much that it doesn't even feel like work. Maybe it's a business you run or a paper that you've been really passionate about or a person that you're caring for. Sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming to constantly hear people give you all this credit for something you do out of love. And it almost makes you kind of sad that maybe they don't have something like that in their lives. Well, today, Jared and I are here to talk about how it takes two to maintain any good relationship. Hey, friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So something that Jared and I have found come up multiple times in our relationship is people's just opinions of our relationships. And they really assume what we're both like or what our situation is like. And they really have no idea what they're talking about most of the time. Yeah. And a lot of people like to try and put themselves in our shoes and say who's doing more and uh, what's more important and all that when they really have no idea exactly what's going on uh, behind closed doors. One of the things that, you know, we've addressed in previous podcasts is just how much work it is to maintain just the body of someone with a chronic illness. But something that we didn't really address was also how do we maintain our relationship in that and how do we help sustain each other even if I can't give anything physically? You know, like I can't carry you, I can't do like all those things. So when you think about that, I think there's just sometimes this thought process that credit should either go to one person or the other, but not both. And I think that's completely false. I can't tell you how many different times, whether we were in the hospital or whether we were on vacation or out to eat at a restaurant, me just being at work, uh, I can't tell you how many different people have tried and asserted themselves into our lives and just said, wow, Jared, you do so much. Like, you don't even know how much you're doing. And I just, I find it's completely unfair. I know that Uh, Cassie does so much for me emotionally and just spiritually and people don't see that and they just assume that she's not doing anything for me and that I'm just carrying the two of us on our back when that's 100% not true. Well, and I think too, I mean, I remember there was one day that you came home from work and the comment just stuck in my head. You were just like, it must be so sad for people to not love somebody like we love each other because I don't remember the exact comment that was made or when it was directly made. I know it had to do with, I think, work, but I'm not sure. And I'm pretty sure someone had said something along the lines to you of like, oh, you're so amazing for deciding to stick with her and stay married to her and just went down that whole road and you kind of challenged them a bit and you were just like, but that's what she would do if it was reversed. That's, you know, and you just kind of went into like, If you love somebody, it's not about their physical condition of their body. Yeah. And a lot of people try and credit me for being some like superhuman or something for being able to love Cassie and her condition. Like Cassie said, it's just if you really love somebody, you will take care of them no matter what. Um, And I truly believe that anybody in my shoes would be doing the same thing that actually loved Cassie or actually loves their spouse. I mean, there's millions of different other situations where you have relationships with people who someone has a chronic illness or someone has a mental instability or just something like that 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that the second person in the relationship is a super person because they love, you know, the person who's having a hard time. If you really love somebody, you're going to help them through no matter what. And the thing is that even though my challenges that I face are somewhat visible to people, what we have to remember about every single person, whether they look sick or not, or they have a chronic illness or not, everybody has their own thing. They have their own challenges and their own struggles. You know, Lord knows I have mine and you definitely have yours. And we've been through some really hard, hard things. And just because you can't see the other person's challenges when you're just merely looking at a relationship at face value, it doesn't mean that it's not there. And the thing that I didn't really hit on yet is that a lot of these people that are saying this to me that think I'm super for helping Cassie through her conditions, they don't say it with malicious intent. They say it because they really think that I'm doing something above and beyond when in all reality, that's not necessarily the truth. I mean, like if we talked about it, takes two to make the relationship work and there's plenty that Cassie's doing behind closed doors and just like there's stuff I'm doing behind closed doors that people don't see for Cassie and there's just a lot more to a relationship than physically caring for one another. Yeah and also our relationship is more than an Instagram picture and I think sometimes that even plays into it because you know you can see oh everything looks perfect and whatnot, we we constantly have to work through different things because we are both human. We wish we were both superhuman and perfect and we didn't have any problems. But, you know, there are things we do have to work through. And that's all a part of maintaining a marriage and a relationship. And, you know, we both have to give at times. And that's vital to us having a healthy marriage. And, you know, another part of a healthy marriage is especially one where chronic illness is involved, is you have to be willing to laugh. You have to be willing to look at some of the situations or the comments that are made and other things and just laugh because, you know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And, you know, going back on what Jared was just saying about, you know, malicious intent, I really believe that when people come up to us with advice or assumptions or other things, I truly don't believe it's something that they're doing maliciously. I think People are curious, and I think sometimes, you know, people don't know when to not insert themselves, but it is something that we deal with really often. And that's something that's been talked about lately in the chronic illness community is, you know, just because I'm in a wheelchair, that doesn't give somebody the right to break up a conversation with me and learn my whole life story. You know, that happens to us all the time. Far too often. There's too many people who try and play guess what happened to this poor girl and try and assume that Cassie got run over by a car or she fell down a ski cliff or what are some of the other ones we've gotten? Um, well, we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of, uh, what did he do to you this time? Yes. That was actually what I was going to say, which actually gets both of us, but especially you really bothered because that's so awful. Or people will say to me, they'll be like, Oh, make sure you get him back harder next time. We just kind of will share an exchange and we typically just continue on. We just don't even want to address it because it's just not worth it sometimes. I mean, other things, you know, people just assume like I broke my leg or just whatever the case may be. Or people will just come up and be like, what on earth happened to you? And they're very blunt. They don't even guess what happened. I think what's also hard, though, is there are people that come up to me 
and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I once broke my arm. I know exactly what you're going through. Or they just assume they'll be like, oh, well, at least you're going to heal. I'm older and I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. And, you know, Jared and I are pretty careful. We have learned when to address things and when not to. And it also depends on how much time we have. Are we rushing to get somewhere you know, like that sort of thing. And Jared has kept me very honest. Um, There are times I've wanted to just flat out lie so that we can just leave the conversation and just say, oh, yep, that's what I did and move on. And he's always been like, I really think we need to be like somewhat honest about this. But let me tell you, I was pushed a bit far in our honeymoon. And I think you were too. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it's not even worth maintaining the conversation or entertaining it. But sometimes we can't escape. Yeah. And we're kind of trapped and we have to answer the questions or do the things. And there was one woman that we were waiting at the elevators on the cruise ship, which I'll let Jared get into why that takes such a long time. But we were kind of cornered with this older couple and they were sweet. But, you know, we had so many people just asking and introducing themselves into our relationship and other things on our honeymoon. And we just were kind of like, really, by the end of it, we were really fed up with everything that was going on. Because it was just exhausting. Like we were there to celebrate our marriage, not tell everyone on the ship our life story. So this older woman had come up to me and she was like, oh, what did you do? And I just said, oh, I had a hip dislocation because that was it's an easy way for me to quickly like no one has to know it's a chronic problem. Like it just it happened. And she just went, oh, well, at least yours is going to heal. And she goes into all these reasons. And I kind of looked at Jared and I remember like, it was that decision of like, well, we're trapped here. Do I just let her keep talking or do I kind of let her know that's not the case? And we did end up, you know, sharing with them a little bit. And you could tell all of a sudden, like she wanted to take all her words back, mm-hmm. you know, and we've, we try really hard to not be rude or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Arrogant. Arrogant. Yeah. We never want to be that way because ultimately what we hope is the next time they see someone in a condition like ours, they maybe just keep their comments to themselves and save that other person from all of that. Or just apologize and not get into questioning and not try and assume what's happening in their lives. But there was the other lady on the cruise ship. We got plenty of stories from the cruise ship. We've got Um, some real good ones. Yeah, that was a week that we were supposed to have enjoyed a lot more than we did. But we still had a great time, nonetheless. Um, Yeah. But majority of the week, we were stuck on the cruise ship waiting on the elevator because people are lazy and don't want to take the stairs. And there were multiple times where people would try to push themselves in front of Cassie and I because they were in a big rush to get on the elevator and you can only move a wheelchair so fast. Plenty of people who would just kind of look at us when they were on a full elevator and say, sorry, you'll catch the next one. And you um, just want to like be like, what? Like, I can't get up the stairs. Like, are you kidding me? And it took a lot of self-control on my end not to drag people out of the elevator <laughs> by their collars. Um, but there was... Probably about half of our time on the cruise ship when we were out was spent waiting on the elevator because people just don't understand that you can't just get around on a staircase when you've got somebody in a wheelchair. Well, and I know which story he's getting into that he's going to set the scene for in a second. But to give also a little more background, this was towards the end of our cruise. Uh, By the end of the cruise, I was pretty sick. 
I was, I was not in a good place. And we knew that we were going to need to kind of race back to Boston after we got off the ship. So there was a lot going on there. And I had just gotten so sick of questions and other things that when I got into the elevator, I stared down at the floor, because I didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. Because then like, if you make eye contact, then people want to say hi or whatnot, but they're less likely to talk to you if you don't make eye contact. So I started kind of looking at the floor. And I mean, we got everything from people just being like, oh, well wishes. And we had a just married banner on the back of my wheelchair that Jared's aunt had made us. I mean, we even had one person come up to us at one point and go, you got married like that. And I just remember being like, I could not believe what I was hearing. And I just looked at her and I was like, yep. And it was great because it was, we had a great wedding. But like when I say people interjected themselves, like I mean everything from that kind of comment to just assuming what happened and all of the above. So by the end of the cruise ship, we were pretty much like maxed out on tolerating all of this. Yeah. And you can tell the story better than I can. So I will let you do it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you remember what we were trying to go to? I think we were just trying to go get something to eat. And we were trying to head back to the room. Okay, yeah. So, or no. No, because we got off on the wrong floor for something. No, the elevator kept moving up and down. Because I forgot to press the button or something like that. Okay, so we get into the elevator. And I am so just, like, done. My body has really had it. So I literally am looking at the floor, not making any eye contact. And there are these two women in there and, you know, nothing against it, but they were a little bit tipsy and, you know, people are a bit more outspoken when they are. And she just started trying to start up a conversation with me and she had no idea that I'm literally trying not to throw up in the elevator. So I'm answering her with like one word answers. I was doing everything in my power to be like, I'm literally going to throw up on you. Like, do not talk to me. So then we get off thinking we're on the right floor, and we're not. So then we're like, oh, okay. Actually, I know what it was. We are going to see that comedian that final night for the mm-hmm. show. That's what it was. So we got off trying to get to a theater, but there's one deck where it doesn't go all the way across. So we realized we had to get back in a set of elevators to go find the other set of elevators to get to this side of the ship. I'm just like trying to hold it together. I We really wanted to go to the show and I was like, you know what? Let's try. So then the elevator opens back up and these two ladies are still in the elevator. We just get back in and I just remember thinking like, why are they still in like riding the elevators? But so we get in the elevator and we're going up and I'm pretty sure they asked you something about, oh, were you on the wrong floor? And you were like, yeah. So we're moving up. And guys, I, I could not make this up if I tried. This lady, she looks at me and she goes, you know, you don't look happy enough to be on a cruise ship. Now, mind you, I'm trying not to throw up on this woman. She takes a happy, like, smiley sticker out of her bag and places it on my shoulder. It says, there, that's better. To be honest, friends, I don't remember anything happening after that besides Jared putting his arms on my shoulder to keep me from, like, literally exploding on this woman. Also keep in mind that Cassie's shoulders are Cassie's shoulders and can dislocate very easily, and this woman 
very forcibly put the sticker on her shoulder. It wasn't like just a quick tap. It was like a, here, sticker. So. <laughs> I was so mad. I think I was seeing every color of the rainbow. I was so mad. And we got out of the elevator and it closed. And I just ripped that off my shoulder. And I was just like, so mad. And I just remember you saying to me, do not waste your spoons on this. And then we just continued with their night. But it was just like, that's the kind of crazy that goes on. I'm sure her intentions were, wow, she looks really upset or like she's going to throw up or whatever. And let me do something nice. But that's, you know, would you do that to somebody if they weren't in a wheelchair? That's kind of a thing that needs to be thought of in those situations because people are very open to just coming up and talking to you. But if Jared's alone in a store and nobody knows him, they're going to come up to him and ask him a million questions. But if I'm with him in my wheelchair, we get stopped all the time. Yeah, people just think that because there's a different scenario going on, they can come up and just introduce themselves into your life when it's just complete ignorance. But we know it's not meant to be ignorant. And people are trying to have good intentions, but it can be very ignorant when you just walk up and try to assume what's going on in somebody's life. Yeah, and it can be exhausting also at times. I mean, when you deal with it enough, it's something where you can just almost be like, I don't think I can take another person coming up to me and talking about this. And, you know, being mindful also that like when we go out somewhere, we've Like, unless it's to the hospital, if we're actually going out somewhere to shop or do anything, it's pretty rare when we go and do that or we go out to eat. And we're trying to enjoy that time and allow me just to use whatever spoons I have on that activity. And we don't want to waste them continuing to tell our story. I mean, my mom jokes when we go out in public, I need to sign on the back of my wheelchair that says $10 and I'll tell you what happened. Because like we just get stopped all the time. And I don't want you guys all thinking that our honeymoon was miserable. We had all these terrible interactions on our honeymoon. But like Cassie said, and like I was constantly telling her on the cruise ship, uh, that, you know, some people and their conversations are just not worth the spoons, not worth the energy. And we just kept moving on with our time. Sure, it could have been better had people not been so ignorant. And uh, had we gotten the proper care before leaving for our cruise, because Cassie and I had went in hoping to get her some fluids beforehand because she was already starting to just um, fade. Yeah, kind of fading. that's kind of a good term to use. She was starting to fade before we even went on the cruise ship. Towards the end of the cruise, I mean, you were definitely dealing with a lot of nausea, dealing with a lot of dizzy spells and all that. So yeah, our cruise could have been better, but um, we did still very much enjoy it. Oh yes, we had we had such a good time. And you know, we made the most of what we had and we're actually really excited. We're going to be going back on a cruise with my family. So, you know, we get to do Try it again. again. <laughs> Attempt number two. Yeah. And this time we will not have a just married banner on the back of our wheelchair. So maybe that will help. Yeah, maybe we won't get stopped as many times. And we've also got a uh, crew coming with us to boot people off the elevator. So, <laughs> Well, that's what they think is going to happen, a.k.a. Stephen and Katie. But and me. True, and you. Mom's oh. pushing the wheelchair. I'm pulling Katie, Stephen, and I are pulling people out of the elevator. <laughs> and friends, I hope you know that like we love the opportunities that we get to talk to people, and we love sharing our story when it's appropriate. And we truly look at these things, and we laugh at them. Because there's no point in us getting upset because right now it's just the way that things are. So we're just going to take it as it comes and we deal with it. We don't waste our spoons on them. 
Yes, that's the biggest thing is we kind of just continue on. And, you know, we've gotten pretty good at finding that balance. And even thinking back to what we were talking about in the beginning of, you know, it takes two to make things work. There are times we're talking to people and I've had a really hard day or something has happened that has just really made me relive a lot of things that have happened. And the last thing that I want to do is talk more about that. So at times, Jared's very good about stepping in and just kind of answering the question and having us move on. And then there are other days where things are hitting you really hard. And so we go back and forth. We are a team in that way in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, not just out in public with people, but even here in our own lives when we're dealing with regular normal things like family relationships and friends and just all the different things. Yeah, we've just always got to account for what we're going to spend our energy on and we try to balance it between each other. Like Cassie was saying, goes back to the beginning. People don't see the times that we're walking into a doctor's appointment and I'm already so annoyed with the entire world because people in the city of Boston don't know how to drive and they don't know how to cross a crosswalk and they don't know what parking is and just the amount of frustrations I get sometimes just driving into Boston. I don't even want to talk to a receptionist. So Cassie will just step right in. And even though Cassie can't even see the receptionist half the time because the counters are so high, she'll step in and make the interaction so I don't have to talk and blow up on somebody. You're also very good doing the same if I'm in there and I'm just really doing poorly. I mean, we also kind of go back and forth on who's exactly talking in the appointments and other things because we just gauge where each other are at. And thankfully, I think our team knows we are both in this together. So they're going to hear from both of us. A lot of people don't realize, yeah, chronic illness is a drag, but there's definitely some things nice about it where Cassie and I just get to know each other so much better. Like Cassie was saying, we kind of look at each other and gauge where each other's at before we get into a conversation to figure out who's going to really be doing the talking, where a lot of couples, you know, can't really get that from each other. They can't tell when one's just had it up to their ears and done talking and what where we can kind of just gauge mm-hmm. each other very quickly on that. So not that having a chronic illness is a blessing, but I mean, it's definitely not, but there are some ways in our lives that we can make it work for us. Well, the other things too is, you know, I do feel for anyone who's listening that you got diagnosed and started being symptomatic after you got married and your whole life had to change and your partner's life had to change. And I I do believe that if I was going to have this condition, I'm blessed that we knew about it decently early on in the relationship. And we were able to really make that commitment to one another. Not that we know the future, but we knew what, you know, the possibilities were of what life could look like, good or bad. And I think the closeness that we share, we would never have if we weren't walking through this struggle. For sure. I mean, there are just so many things we talk about that I just don't think most couples do. And it's just because we are literally very invested in one another because we have to be. That would, I think, be the only blessing. If there's going to be a piece of a blessing, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. You take what you get. Exactly. So we are going to go out and still have a good time when we can. I challenge you the next time you see somebody in a wheelchair or on crutches or whatever it is, I encourage you to just let them be. You know, there are times that it's good to talk and there are times where that door is open, but allow that person to open the door or their spouse to open that door because you never know what phase 
or not really phase, but what part of the emotional journey they're on in that current stage of life. Because there have been times where just being asked about what happened has me in tears and other times that I'm totally fine. And it's all changed as I've grown and as we've learned how to deal with this illness as a whole. Another thing you guys can always keep in mind while you're out is if you see somebody handicapped just struggling out in public or, you know, you see them even just heading toward a door, just be kind. Take two seconds out of your day and just hold the door open for them. If You know, in a wheelchair trying to get something off the top shelf in a place, just help them grab that. Don't insert yourself into their life and assume what happened to them, but don't be ignorant to the fact that they have needs. You can always just, one simple thing could make a day for somebody. I know like half the time, there are a lot of people that will actually hold doors open for Cassie and I. And I don't think people realize just how much that actually helps us. Because I mean, there's times that I can do doors, but there's some doors that are just very difficult to manage. So it takes us just a few more extra minutes to situate that. Whereas, you know, somebody else could literally just sit there for two seconds and help us out. So I just challenge you guys, if you see somebody out in public who's handicapped, just don't insert yourself into their lives, but see if there's something you can do to help them. And don't make it overly known that you're just trying to help them or anything. Yeah, and it's something too where like, you know, just ask them, say, hey, can I hold the door for you? Or hey, can I this? Or like, it's, you don't have to just assume what they need, but you can just ask if they do need anything. Sometimes even if they don't need help, or even if I don't need help, it is nice to know that people are offering, especially when they don't just suddenly insert themselves, but are just very kind and are like, hey, sir, like, can I just help you out in any way? That's much appreciated. So we hope that from all of this, you take away, you have to be willing to laugh at the things that come your way. And we're going to continue to laugh at these stories, and I'm sure all the ones that are still ahead of us to come. It takes two people who selflessly love one another to make a relationship, a marriage, whatever phase of life you're in, work with anybody. Don't assume that somebody's doing more just because you see them doing more. Both people, like Cassie said, two to make a relationship. Both people are pulling their weight. You just might not see what somebody else is doing. So don't try and tell somebody they're super for doing something because you might offend the person you're actually saying you think is super. And there are ways to word it. And I think like if someone were to say something to you about it, what would you prefer they say instead of what they have been saying? Well, what would actually, you prefer? somebody had said something to me before in a way that I could really appreciate. You know, they had said, um, it was actually a former coworker. She had told me she knew that it took a lot for me and that I was doing a lot to help Cassie out. And I'd kind of, you know, I asserted myself and said, you know, there's a lot that she does for me too. And she just said that she knew, but there was a lot of sacrifices we both had to make to make the relationship work. And I think that was kind of the best way she could have put it is I don't like to talk about the sacrifices that I make because I don't feel like there's a lot of sacrifices I make. But yeah, there's there's little things like there's times that I'd love to go out and, you know, hang out with friends or just do something young and stupid like any other 22 year old. But there's times that Cassie just needs me home and to help take care of her. And, you know, there's just little sacrifices like that. It's not a big deal to me at all. People like to make it to be a big deal. But yeah, there are definitely little sacrifices that I might not pay attention to that I make. I think that's just kind of the best way to word it. Yeah. And there are always going to be sacrifices on both sides, no matter what, chronic illness or not. 
in any relationship, friendship, marriage, it doesn't matter. There are always going to be sacrifices that you make for the other person. And whether people see those or not doesn't matter because all that matters is that the two of you are communicating. You know what's going on and you're present in that relationship. You know, like I'm, I know that Cassie has to sacrifice a lot of the times. There might be something she wants to do with her evening. But if she sees that I've had a bad day, she knows that I don't really get me time. So she has to sacrifice whatever she needs to sacrifice to help me to just get over whatever that bad day was. So there's sacrifices on both ends. Lord knows after everything we've been through, I don't think I ever want to assume anybody's life mm-hmm. ever. Because that is a burden much too heavy to bear for any person. We really enjoyed taking the time to share these stories with you and share a little bit of our hearts and our mindset of what goes into our everyday life. And we love answering questions on here and diving into topics that you all are interested in hearing. So please let us know if there's a question you have for us or something that you want to hear more about. We would love to share our lives with you. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.